With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott. Scott, how are you doing? It's a long time, or I say a long time, it's, it's certainly pre-Euro 2020, I think, that we last uh, caught up. So, how are you, first of all? I'm good, thanks, Gav. Yourself? Good. And how are you enjoying the Euros, first of all, before we get down to business? In a great tournament. I mean, uh, yesterday was one of the best days of football ever. I mean, we throw the throw Andy Murray in the tennis into it. Um, it's a great day of sport for a, for a kind of almost like an unexpected great Monday of of sport. I mean, I was, I was flicking it back and forward because uh, I was desperate to see Murray winning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was obviously, I knew that the France you know, the France game was going on. It was brilliant. And France went 3-1 up and I thought, right, that's it, done. Turned it over to tennis. And then mm-hmm. next thing I know, it's 3 each. So, no, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, been a great tournament so far. Sorry when you said you were flicking back and forward there. I thought you were going to say Love Island, no? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, you did Love Island. I watched that after the football. See, I wasn't sure if your wife actually had control of the remote control and she hated <laughs> that Love Island would be on, no? <laughs> no, uh, no. No. I like Love Island more than her. Right. So who do you fancy to win it? I don't mean Love Island. <laughs> I don't mean Love Island. I mean the I mean the Euros. <laughs> um, well, listen, I, I kind of tipped Italy. Uh, we had to do our predictions in the Daily Record uh, at the start, and I said I thought Italy would win it. I put a small wager on them, so I need to kind of support them. And I was worried, obviously, the with the Austria game that it was going to go going to go barely up for them, but. Um, Chiesa came on and he's been he's been brilliant for them uh, the few games that he's played. So thankfully in the next round, tough game obviously against Belgium in the mm-hmm. in the quarters. But uh, no, I'm sticking by Italy. I think they could do it, especially with a few of the big guns out now. Yeah, well, I actually tipped uh, <coughs> I tipped Turkey as my dark horses in the paper, which is an absolute disaster. But I think you can vouch because I sent you a screenshot this morning saying I did have a small wager on Switzerland at eight five to one. Um, yeah. What's that? Fair play, yeah. I know. I bet I, I, Turkey was my tip in the paper, but I bet Turkey and Switzerland. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. But in, in terms of in a Rangers sense. Charlie Miller was in the Daily Record the other day talking up Glenn Kamara's performances at the Euros. Martin Keown on commentary was constantly raving about him. I mean, how do you think he did and how do you think it will affect his transfer value? Because obviously that's what everybody was saying before the tournament. You have a good tournament and your price goes up. Yeah, well, I mean, he's the one that will come back for the Euros, I think, we are his value increased. I mean, there was obviously a few guys went away 
think Helander and Barisic going to the Euros as well. I mean, we, I think me and you expected both of them to play more than they than they have. Um, obviously, Morelos has gone to Copa America as well, and 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 no played no played as much as he'd have wanted either. So Kamara's the guy who's been away, been a real key man for his team. No, I think played every minute of the pretty much every minute of the group games. And although no Finland kind of narrowly missed out in one of the kind of best third place uh, spots to get through to the next round, I think you're right. I mean, anybody that watched the Finland games could see that Kamara is no one of us, no their best, their best player. I mean, against really good opposition, I thought he showed up really well. N- nothing that would surprise us having watched them. Mm-hmm. For the past uh, for the past year eighteen months, so um, no, he's played really well. No, did his reputation no harm, and as we spoke about before the tournament even started, no, I'd be really surprised if we get to the end of the current transfer window and no English clubs in particular aren't, aren't sniffing about Glen Kamara. Yeah, because I mean, you mentioned Alfredo Morelos being over at the Copa America. I think he come off the bench for ten minutes against. Peru, am I right in saying that? Maybe they get beat. I don't know. Maybe I've got the wrong game there. I think it was Peru. Um, then, and I think I think he only got a look in there because somebody was suspended. Then he was he was left. It wasn't in the squad at all. You know, yeah. for the, the last game, and then it was around about the time that um, you know there was all the stories linking him with Porto, and you just wondered. I think the game that he was left on the bench for, uh, if I remember the Brazil game, I think it was a Porto player that actually scored. And, you know, it got you wondering, I wonder if maybe not getting his Colombia chances would make him think, well, do I need, you know, if he's looking at somebody that's playing yeah. for Porto and getting a look in, would that make him want to go? But see, when you look, when I looked at the Colombia squad, I mean, you know, there was a lot of players, there was a player playing, I think, in Saudi Arabia. There was a player playing, you know, um, there was a, a player playing in, I think it was a Colombian, I think it was a few in the Colombian National League. There was a few other leagues, but it wasn't exactly big leagues they were playing in. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know whether it would make him think like that. I think it probably will. I mean, he's not really, you're right. I mean, even when he's been doing really well with Rangers scoring regularly, um, both domestically and in the Europa League, we know he's had a few kind of, kind of dry patches um, but in the main in the last couple of years he's been very good for Rangers scored regularly at a good at a good level you'd have thought he would have made more of an impact with the Columbia national team and listen we don't know but you would you would have to think that that would be frustrating Morelos and he'd be asking himself why and he'd be asking well, if he was playing in a better league a more high profile league um, whether that be um, no, in the Premier League or, or somewhere else in Europe, uh, no, like the Portuguese, for instance, where there's obviously a lot of South American players plying their plying their trade. Mm-hmm. Probably will be in his mind that no, it'll be a consideration for them if Rangers get an offer uh, that they're going to know that they deem satisfactory enough to consider and and you know and, and accept and put put to the player. Then you would think that the international, no. Uh, aspect of it will be in, in Morelos's mind this summer mm-hmm. Yeah um, Looking today uh, just reading through the papers I think um, uh, well, there was a lot of quotes that were picked up from I think a range of uh, official sort of champions magazine um, 
James, well, James Tavernier and Connor Goldson both speaking, but uh, James Tavernier quote on talking about goal. In fact, they were talking about each other, I think, predominantly. Um, James Tavernier talked about how he can't wait to have Connor Goldson next to him when they go to the Champions League and said, um, if it wasn't for Connor next to me, we wouldn't have probably got the amount of success we have had this season. Um, now, Stephen Gerrard has spoken so much about Connor Goldson, his value. I mean, you look at how much he played last season. Uh, I mean, it was a real sort of fairy tale story as well, given his, his uh, heart surgery and all that and where he had come from. Um, but Tavernier signed a new deal. McGregor, Davis signed new deals. Everybody expected him to follow and he hasn't so far. Should that be any cause for concern? I think it would be a concern now, Gav, to be honest. I mean, it is, for me, this is the one big issue at, at Rangers or the biggest issue at Rangers at the moment. Um, mm. I mean, we talk about Morelos and Kamara, whatever else, Barris and Kent, whoever it might be. I mean, it's all conjecture, it's all speculation. Um, even just on Morelos, in terms of the portal links, I mean, if you'd have looked at social media over the weekend, you'd have thought, no, Morelos to Porto was a was a done deal, but no, from what I gather and you no, know, for speaking to people at Rangers, no, there's been no discussions with, with Porto. So I mean, listen, I'm not saying that move won't eventually happen, but it's certainly not imminent. And and talks talks haven't even got underway. Never mind, you no, know, far down the road. Mm-hmm. To me, the biggest issue is Goldson. That is a live issue where he's got one year left in his contract. He's a vice captain. Um, he's been absolutely pivotal um, for Rangers in the last few years, a key man in them winning the title last season. You're talking there, James Tavernier, the captain, talking him up how important he is. Mm. We've spoken here many times about his value to Stephen Gerrard. Never you asked the manager, you know, he talks about Goldson as being the most vocal in the back four. He's the guy that he never, never leaves out. Um, so... No, his future is is a is a is a big issue because the, no, you need to ask the question now. You're right. Why is he no? Why is he no signed already? When Tavernier, Davis, Defoe, McGregor, they've all committed. Um, no, does we don't know him personally. So does you have to wonder? Does Conor Goldson itch for a, a return to England? Does he see this as maybe his chance? Is he even thinking? No, maybe to let his contract run down. No, for another year, I mean, that, that's not really been spoken about, but mm. when you think about it, no, he would have given f- no four brilliant re- brilliant years to Rangers. Mm-hmm. He might pick up another title, he might get to play in the Champions League this season, and he might think next summer at 30, he could go back to England on a, on a free, um, make you sell a few bob, and that would be the kind of last... Well, you would think that would be the kind of last big move his career if he goes back to the back to the Premier League. So there are all sorts of questions yeah. that, that need asked. I mean, it's just unfortunate. Obviously, Rangers have come back yesterday. Um, no, they've not had a press conference or they've not had anything like that. So it's well, you can't really get these questions into Rangers at, at the moment. But I think for fans, that will be the one that they want they want answered. Yeah, I mean, if if and we don't know, but I mean, as you say, if that is. What Conor Goldson's thinking? I mean, that—that's not the way Rangers are going to be. I mean, they—they—they they, they can't really allow for that to happen. I mean, if they think there's a chance of that, and they'll know because presumably they're talking to him or his, uh, his representatives. I mean, if if there's any inkling of that, you know, 
they we need to sell them now, surely, because they're not going to risk losing them for nothing next year. You think we would want to try and get something for him? Mm. Or, or if he's decided he wants to go next summer, no, he wants mm-hmm. that back at the Champions League, mm-hmm. maybe another title or trying to win cups, but he's decided he's decided that next summer's when he wants to, to go back to England, then you would think Rangers would get him or try and get him to sign a year extension. Yeah. So yeah. the next summer and you've got a year, and you might not pick up no mega money for him, but you're going to get something, something back on him. I mean, he is approaching, as I say, his thirties. He's well, he's well, it'll be twenty nine in December. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's approaching his thirty. I mean, I don't think you're going to get mega money from a. a listen, I, I love Connor Golson as a player. Yeah. Is he going to attract interest from a a top half Premier League team? I'm not so sure. I mean, I think if he did, it would need to be like a West Ham or a or a Leicester, you no, know, who have got British managers. You no, know, you look at David Moyes, for instance, the kind of guy I think would see a lot of value in, in Connor Goldson. Um, same way he did in somebody like Craig Dawson last year, who came in unexpectedly to West Ham, was terrific for them and got them into, uh, you know, got them into that position in the Premier League. So somebody like Moyes would maybe look up and but. Well, apart from that, you just get the feeling of English Premier League clubs, they would rather go and spend eight, ten million on a, no, a, a South American centre half or a no, Ukrainian centre back or something. They don't seem to have real value in, in, in British uh, no, British defenders of Conor Goldson's age. I don't think, and we, listen, we all know about the how English clubs at times look upon Scottish football and, and what people do up here. So, I mean, I think Rangers... They would struggle to get a really big fee, but you're right. They would want to get something back on him, so they would want it at least for him to have a year left in his his contract before they look to sell. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that because actually just 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 in the last sort of twenty minutes there, there was a there's a report out from uh, Transfermarkt.co.uk. You know the website that, that kind of values all the players there, and it was talking about the difference in them since in the last six months um, in their in their value. Uh, and what they what, what they estimate them to be worth now, you know, it's quite interesting because actually Ryan Kent in the last six months, his value has gone up more than anybody else in Scottish football by right. almost five and a half million to twelve point six. They still have Ed, Odson Edward has been worth more, uh, but he only went up by one point eight million in the last six months. Anyway, Connor Goldson, they value at six point seven five million, um, one point eight million more than in January. So they're looking at just 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 less than seven million. Would that be fair? I think it would be fair given the the markets, but I don't know where a year left in your contract whether Rangers could command that from. Yeah, a year left. Um, I mean, they signed them for what three million. Yep, giving them real good service. Obviously, as I say, he's helped them win that elusive title. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could get seven million for Connor Goldson. A year left, and it's because he wants to go. Then no, I would I would bite your hand off because if he wants to go, you would look to get something back on, and I think that would be a very fair, very fair price for somebody with a year left. And also, you no know, Rangers are well covered in that department at the moment. I'm not saying there's anybody there yeah. as good as Goldson, by the way, because he's been immense for them, very consistent. But they do have Katic coming back. Simpson, Hillander, Balligan. So they're well covered there at the moment. 
Yeah. Did we mention Edmondson there? Yeah. Did you mention Edmondson? No, he, he's there as well. So, I mean, yeah, they're six. They've got, they've got six. So, I mean, actually, they're going to have to free up a couple anyway in that position. Yeah. But, but you wouldn't, but nobody, if you asked any Rangers fan, unless it's for the reasons that you've outlined there, Goldson wouldn't be one of them. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Especially going into the Champions League. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the Champions League wouldn't be that far away and coming. They still need to wait for the draw to find out who. Um, they're stepping things up. There had been talk of Portugal for a pre-season trip. Um, you've obviously been there with Rangers before to Portugal. You know it's a place that Steven Gerrard likes, he's familiar with, but it looks as if maybe the travel restrictions and all that um, scuppered that. Uh, if, they were, if they were serious about it, that was their number one choice. So instead, we've got Mary Hill... Birkenhead and Blackpool, is that right? Sounds good to me, Gav. <laughs> There's no difference. So anyway. You get three good nights out there. Party Thistle on Monday. They've got Tranmere Rovers was announced yesterday and Blackpool and well, we've obviously already got the Arsenal game, which was the one that had been confirmed and I think maybe there's other ones that say there'll be more info to come, as well as maybe an open training session, depending on restrictions, where fans can come in and all that. Um, but, what, I mean, what, what do you, would it make much difference? I mean, if you go to Portugal or staying at home and playing games like that, is it going to, is it going to affect them that much in terms of preparations, what do you think? No, nah, I don't, listen, I don't think it'll have a massive difference. I think the whole point of getting away is for that, that very reason to get away, you know, and get the players mm. together. Um, you no, know, you don't get a lot of attention, obviously, over there. But when I was in Portugal, as I say, it was all kind of behind closed doors. Mm. They played a game against Mansfield that mm. we were lucky enough to get in on, but it was just a handful of handful of supporters there. So I think it's more about that. It's more about getting hot weather training, you know, getting the team together, integrating new signings. Mm-hmm. into the squad in terms of that kind of camaraderie that, that Rangers have obviously got with the squad at the moment, but there's a few new guys coming into it. So I think that's those are the main reasons for getting away. Obviously, everything's up in the air at the minute. The, the COVID stuff has, has uh, thrown all that, you know, those kind of plans out the window, I think. Uh, so it's no surprise to see that they'll probably just stay in the UK. They've managed to pick a few games uh that aren't too far away in terms of travel, but we'll give them a good enough good enough test. Um, obviously, this will be a good kind of starter for them. They've not a lot of training. This mm-hmm. will probably the ideal game in terms of being close by. Uh, it'll be a decent enough kind of warm-up match for them. They've obviously struck up this good relationship with Partick Thistle and Ian McCall, sending players out on loan. Mm-hmm. I think the initial kind of... Uh, relationship started with Gary McAllister and Ian McCall. You might be able to tell me different, but I think I, I think they seem to be fairly friendly. And then, you know, from getting players on loan, obviously McCall's kind of got to know Gerard a bit as well. So there seems to they seem to have struck up a good a good relationship. They'll probably see a couple of other young players go on loan as well. Well, I was going to say Kai Kennedy's actually name just come up. Yeah. Earlier. Day is a possibility if somebody that Thistle would be looking at along with Dunfermline. Um, and then and on the same note, Josh McPake linked to going to Morecambe after he uh, reportedly going to sign a two-year contract extension. But in terms of those two, are they two that you would expect to go? Well, I suppose it's, it seems pretty obvious that they probably would go out in the moment. They're yeah. unlikely to make much of an impact in the first team this season. Uh, 
I think so. I mean, I think Gerard will want one or two young players about mm. the first team squad to try and, you know, try and kind of progress them and keep them involved. And you hope that one or two of them can make that breakthrough. But, you know, Kai Kennedy had a decent spell at Wraith Rovers. Uh, was it Wraith Rovers and Inverness? Yeah, he'd been at Inverness in the first half of the season. Yeah. And then was it, was he, I think he'd been been homesick, actually. Was that yeah, that's right. That's right. And then... Yeah, yeah he did, no, he did well. Um, anytime you've seen championship games on the TV, the live games, he always stuck out, to be fair to him, which is what you want for young loan players, no respect mm-hmm. to the level. So, yeah, I would think Rangers would look to try and get him out again. Um, I know it, 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 going to Thistle, you know, it's, it's still the championship, but you know, Thistle, are, Thistle are obviously a big, a big club. They're obviously even, even closer to home. Rangers can keep an even closer eye on him um, and as I say I've obviously got this relationship um, Josh McPake will be interesting I mean I think Josh McPake I mean he's the one everybody was talking about a few years ago uh, he, he kinda, I think he got on for the first team didn't he he got his debut as a, as a substitute in one of the games I think he came on for Greg uh, was it uh, did he come on for Greg Doherty sorry was it a European game he came on? Joseph's, I think it may have been St. Joseph's, I think. One of the qualifiers, so yeah. I think they had real high hopes for him. Um, mm-hmm. I think what you've seen with Josh McPay, and listen, I've not watched him closely, but I think his body's changed for a start. It looks mm-hmm. like a different shape. Um, he's obviously been down south, had a couple of loan spells, mainly at, at Harrogate, where by mm-hmm. all accounts they seem to do okay. Yeah. But it's a big change for Young players, in terms of getting down there, I think he was on his own for three or four months. Um, you know, there's challenges in that as well. So, I mean, I don't know what his mindset is at the moment, but um, it doesn't look as if he's going to come back and you know, make inroads to that Rangers first team. I hope he proves me wrong. But, yeah, he's another one that they would look... I, mean, I think they're going to give him a new contract, so they're not giving up on him yet. Yeah. They certainly want to see him get out and loan again. Um and really prove his worth because these boys, we've said it before on here. I mean, these boys, it's okay saying they've got potential and they look good in the, you know, the B team and under 20s. And even in the week, and glimpses you get to see them think, right, they're, they're ready, but they, they need to go out and prove it. You know, they need to convince Stephen Gerrard. I mean, we've talked about it with Nathan Patterson trying to oust James Tavernier for the, for the team, which is really, really difficult, obviously. But it's the same for boys like. Kennedy and that mean difficult to get past players like you know, like Ryan Kent and Yanis Hadji and, and others. So this is the time where they really need to need to step up, whether it's at Rangers or out and low. Yeah. Sorry, I took you away from the friendlies here. We were talking about the friendlies initially. Yeah. The confirmation of the friendlies came with a warning from the club on the website, as you would expect to say, look, don't travel. I think there's a certain amount of home fans can get into these games. Oh, I mean, well, we we were both Wembley, weren't we? Um, we were oh, sorry, we were both in London. Certainly, you were at Wembley. I mean, you you saw the amount of Scotland fans that were there. Yeah. I mean, you look at you know Merseyside, as we said. You know, I mean, Blackpool in July is where you know Glaswegians used to travel on mass. You know, traditionally, they're going to. You know, can you see the temptation there? You know that. It's going to be difficult for well, to get fans to listen to that advice, isn't it? Or? I can see the temptation 100%. I mean, it's you're telling punters 
no to go to games and the, the two games are well, one's in Liverpool and one's in, in Blackpool I mean two places as you say Glaswegians love to go I think Rangers fans will be tempted even if it's no to go to the game no they might not get into the game but I think you'll just find a lot of punters that want to get down there you know, go to the, there's Rangers pubs in Liverpool Rangers pubs in Blackpool plenty of places for them to watch the game so I do wonder whether those kind of instructions will, will fall on deaf ears with a lot of a lot of fans. Um, I don't I don't know if they can get to see every game on Rangers TV. Is that has that been announced yet? Or I don't know. I I, I know that Tranmere certainly yesterday when I was looking at the confirmation on their website said it will be there'll be a stream and it'll be like multi camera and there'll be audio and all that. I don't know about Rangers TV, but certainly I know that Tranmere will be. I don't know whether Rangers TV can then piggyback on that. That might make a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. the turning point is not to go, and the, the, no, they definitely won't get into the game. Mm-hmm. If, if they only, if it's, if they know the only place to watch it's kind of Rangers TV, then I suppose fans might might stay at home. But listen, it'll definitely be tempting, as you say. It's the weather's good. It's it's Liverpool. It's Blackpool. You no know, fans that that have been so fans have been so. Kind of starved of you know, seeing their team live, that they're just they're desperate. You know, a lot of the time, you can't blame them. They're just they're desperate to go and see a see a game, and of course, those kind of trips would appeal to them. Well, the thing is, in starved of seeing a game, and, and you know, a lot of people have been starved of a holiday since last summer. You know, when, when holidays were cancelled, there'll be people who probably already be going to Blackpool. You know, yeah. hotels, caravan parks, you name it. There'll be people who already be there. I know. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's going, be, it's going to be difficult for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, just finally, um, I mean, Stephen Gerrard said, I know he's not had a press conference as such, but there's a few quotes from the, the other day, an interview just reflecting on last season and looking ahead to this season. The quote that jumped out, the headline was, you know, we'll defend this title with our lives. Um, and then they've obviously now returned to pre-season. So it's now looking ahead to the new season. Obviously, across the city, Celtic have appointed the new manager, Ange Postacoglu. What, what do you expect looking ahead to next season? Obviously, Rangers won the league by 25 points. You know, very few would have predicted it to be that winning margin. How do you see it going in terms of a challenge? It's a big question, Gav. Because, because the other thing is, it's, it's, it's one thing winning a title when you're the challenger and you're the under, you know, you know, yeah, the underdog. Now it's a different kind of pressure, isn't it? Oh, definitely. That that'll be the big question for Rangers this season. I think will just be, you no, know, that hunger is the hunger still there. And, you, know, you mentioned that quote for Gerard about defending, you no, know, defending it with their lives. So that to me tells you right away how the manager's thinking. He's definitely got the hunger to go and do it again. You no, know, to go and win more trophies. Like he said, even when they won the. The title last season, though, that he wanted it to be a sustained period of success because ultimately that's how you measure you know, a manager's success, a team's success, a club's success. It's got to be sustained. It can't just be a, can't just be a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Well, if he, he'll be looking to get that message across to the players, and he'll listen. He'll be looking at players as well and deciding within himself who's got the hunger to go and to go and do it again because you know, Rangers go to the top of a mountain. Last last year by winning that that title, I mean it was it had been so long, it had been so talked about. It was a pressure of stopping Celtic doing the doing the ten. Mm-hmm. When they reached that summit, no, just a massive you no know, relief and release for them. 
Um, but you would understand, you know, if they just, you well, know, almost take that breath and, you know, things might start to, to kind of drop off a wee bit. Mm-hmm. We hope that it doesn't. I mean, I think the squad's at a good age where they should still be hungry. Um, the majority of the squad's at a good age where they should still have that that desire within them. As I say, the manager will certainly have it. So for him, it will be about you know, having that hunger and also just adding that, that bit of quality, strengthening the squad again. They're going to need up it again if they want to win multiple trophies, i.e. The, the domestic cups. And also, obviously, if they're going to make the, the Champions League, which is the is the big one. I mean, if they get the group stages in the Champions League, it would have a massive impact, um, not just in the football side for Rangers, but obviously the financial side as well. So, I mean, that's another... Well, after getting the title last year, the Champions League is almost like a kind of new new target for them. Um, and in terms of Celtic, I mean, I was at Ange Postecoglou's first press conference uh, last week, and I have to say I was really impressed with him. Uh, first impressions were really good. I think he's got a bit of presence about him, a bit of stature. I don't think he'll suffer fools gladly. I think players will respect him. I respect to be where he's come from or where he's managed before, I definitely think he's got that bit about him. So I think he will actually be a, a decent, yeah, I think he'll be a good manager and I think he would have been a good appointment for Celtic at another time, dare I say it, you know, maybe when Ronnie Dyer was appointed a few years ago, somebody like Postecoglou coming in then would have had the chance to really go and build something um, and I think he would have been a, a good appointment at that time. My, my fear for him is that this situation that he's coming into at Celtic, you know, it's just that, you know, the circumstances of that job at the moment in terms of the rebuild, mm-hmm. both in the playing staff and in the coaching staff, even at his unveiling the other day, we still don't know who his backroom team is, we still don't know who the captain is. I think I've got one right back in the building and that's uh, Anthony Ralston. So there's a huge, huge rebuild for Celtic um, in Postecoglou and I think... You'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in his previous jobs where he's had success, the first season hasn't actually been that successful. It's taken him time to build something, put his own imprint on it. And listen, he he should get that time at Celtic because of the situation he's walking into. But me and you know what the the old firm's like, what Glasgow's like. There will be massive pressure on him right away and it's going to be really difficult for him to... No, to, to do it that quickly and, and you know, stay in touch with Rangers who are, are already ahead, clearly, it's just a massive job for them. Yeah, because, I mean, we spoke last season, you know, when Rangers were going into the season that they needed a fast start. They had to get a fast start. Um, and probably the same again, but for different reasons, but more just to kind of pile. They're going to be looking to pile the pressure on Celtic, knowing that they're finding their feet. So they'll want to really turn it up, right, turn the heat up right away. And especially with the old firm game coming so qu- so soon, you know, in the season. Well, that, I mean, Postecoglou's first games away to away to Hearts at Tynecastle. Now, I don't expect Tynecastle to be rocking because they're, they're probably going a few thousand fans in for that opening game. Yeah, but Hearts will still be right up for that. You no, know, for the return to the Premier, yeah. and yeah. Well, they've got a decent side anyway. They've, you know, they've regularly gave Celtic a tough game, even in the last the last few years when they've been, uh, when they've been. No, obviously down to the championship. So yeah. that's a really tough opener for uh, for Postecoglou. And as you say, he's got Ibrooks a few weeks later with a very early old firm game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right for Rangers' point of view. 
they will want to just continue where they left off last season with that kind of relentless attitude, mm-hmm. disposing of teams um, fairly comfortably and just heating the or piling the pressure onto onto Celtic because you no, know, the Celtic fans, you know, they're back in post just now, which you can understand. But yeah. we we know that you no, know, a couple of bad results and there will be real real heat on the on the new manager to get it right and it'll be interesting to see if he gets that if he gets a chance to do that yeah interesting indeed right scott well that's great thanks a lot for your time and get back and enjoy the sun uh hopefully next week um and don't forget you can get in touch with any thoughts and anything we've discussed today um or you can get in contact scott is on twitter at scott mcdermott 8. great scott thank you cheers gav thank Thank you. you